Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Genesis, beginning at the first verse. If you have your Bibles, I hope you will follow with me and perhaps keep your finger there and the in that place so that you might refer to it during the message this morning. And Abram went out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. And Lot also, which went with Abram, had flocks and herds and tents. And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle, and the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelleth in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right, or if thou depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere, before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou camest unto Zor. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, And Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. We shall stop our reading at that point. May the Lord add his blessing to this portion of his word. Let us stop for just a moment of prayer. Our Father, we pray now that you would take your word and reveal it unto us that we might have a deeper awareness of the truths that it contains. May our hearts and our minds be open and receptive to the outpouring of your spirit upon us. Deal with each of us as we have need. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. One of the things that any preacher becomes aware of over a period of time, and I think perhaps any church, is that there comes a time when many of the people whom he has baptized, or at least several of the people whom he has baptized, who are members of the church and seem to be very much in love with the Lord and on fire and a part of the church fellowship and are at every service, there comes a day when some of these people begin to fall by the wayside. And this becomes very, very disturbing. 
that once faithful church members, active in all of the affairs of the church, seem to have lost that interest, to have lost that first love, to have lost their objective to serve the Lord in a part of the church. We find one of those people in the scripture that we have read. His name is Lot, an individual who was very much in love with the Lord and followed the worship and the fellowship with the Lord that Abraham laid down. Lot was his nephew and had lived with him and had followed him from the Ur of Chaldees into the Promised Land. But over a period of time, there began to be a strife between the herdsmen of Abraham and the herdsmen of Lot because there just wasn't enough room for the wealth that both of them had with their herds, all of their cattle and, and other animals that they had. And so it became quite plain to Abraham that they needed to separate themselves physically one from the other in order that they might be able to make better use of the grazing that was available. Abraham did not intend that they would separate themselves from fellowship with each other, just simply move from one place to another so that they could take uh, advantage of the needs of the cattle and, and the other animals and give them plenty of, of grass and uh, of water. But Lot becomes a, an individual who begins a track down the road that leads away from God. And he is our symbol of the many peoples in our churches in today's society who start the same trek, who once were very close to the Lord and to the fellowship with Christian people, but because of certain things that take place, find other living, other associations, other fellowships more attractive than he does the church and God's people and God himself. And so he becomes the, the symbol of the road that leads away from God. Now there are some signs that we find along this road that become guideposts or indicators that would reveal to a person or to a group of people when they might be starting down that road and it is these signs that I want us to look at. Let me name them for you first, and then we shall look at each of them individually. First of all, there is the signpost called contemplation. There is the one called consummation, one called separation, a fourth called confirmation, and a fifth called dissolution. We'll talk about each of these this morning briefly. First of all, let us look at the word contemplation. We find the indication for this word in verse 10. Abraham has said to Lot, now we're going to have to divide up and go our separate ways. And he said, if you will go to the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left, but Lot, you make your choice. 
And so in verse 10, Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. I think one of the shameful things that we can see on the surface is that Lot, being the younger man, took the choice land instead of leaving it to his uncle. He took the choice of the, of the ground. But this is not the real problem. He began to contemplate in his mind what might be the advantages of living in the plains of Jordan. And I think he did not overlook the fact that in this plains of Jordan there were certain cities. And two of them we have come to know as the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. He looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah and he began to contemplate what advantages there might be there, what excitement there might be, what personal opportunities would be available to him and to his family. Now I know, surely, and, I'm, and I think you would agree, that Lot was well aware of the kind of a city that he was looking at. He knew that Sodom and Gomorrah were evil. Their reputation had gone before them. Lot and Abraham and all the peoples of their tribes were well aware that these were two cities that they should avoid. No one should go to live in them because of their wickedness. But Lot began to contemplate the excitement of that kind of life. This begins a person's trek down the road that leads away from God when he begins to see a life that is more exciting than the life within the church or within the Christian family than serving God. Now mark my word, folks. Pay attention to these guideposts. The first indication that you or anybody else is beginning to leave your fellowship with God and with the church and with the Christian family is when you begin to cast your eyes on something else that is of more value and more important and more exciting than the church and Christian fellowship. This is the beginning of the road that leads away from God. Now Lot did not intend to go all the way to the cities of Solomon and Gomorrah. He simply wanted to get close enough to be able to see what goes on there and what takes place. Have you ever had that experience? I'll never forget my first experience with gambling. I was a kid, teenager. I worked all summer and had earned $14. I don't know how old I was, 10 or 11, I suppose. I was rich. It came fair time. And we all went to the fair, and so I went to the bank, and I cashed a check for $14 and took out every penny I owned. I didn't intend to gamble that money away. I just wanted to have it in my pocket to feel good about. But I went up to one of those booths where you could do certain things, and I watched and observed, and I saw people winning money. And I thought, my goodness, I can take my $14 and I can leave here with 28 surely. It looked so easy. And so I began to put down a dollar at a time. And I got in a little deeper. And I was almost there, you see, a little deeper, until finally I put out my last dollar on the table. And I had no more. And I thought, how foolish. I had looked. I had observed, and finally I had gotten involved. We'll talk about that just a moment longer. 
Most people do not intend to get involved in the things of the world. They just want to get close enough to observe and to have some of the side benefits. Some of the side benefits. Some of the smiles and some of the, the uh, experiences of watching other people do it and gaining some joy, supposedly, from that type of thing. Lot did not intend to go all the way to Sodom and Gomorrah. He just wanted to go a little piece. One of the great points of danger in any person's life is that time he leaves home for the first time. Can you remember when you left the nest? And it seemed like you were on your own. You could do as you please, and nobody was going to tell you what to do. Those of you who went to college may have experienced it at that time. And for the first time, you were free of the responsibilities of the church, of mom and dad, and of the society in which you grew up. And you went there and began to, to look to see what other people did. And they were going out and having a good time and doing some carousing. And it may very well be that that was the time that you experienced your first drink or, or your first exposure to whatever it might be. You did not intend to get involved. You just wanted to cast your eyes in that direction and have some side benefits. I suspect that most people who, for the first time, have participated in illicit sex or in drugs or in alcohol or in any of those things really never intended to do it. They're just going to observe and watch. This is one of the reasons, and I think one of the great reasons, that we must be sure that our children have a firm family foundation and a firm church foundation. Now, don't mistake the fact that I said two things. They're tied very, very closely together. We cannot, folks, send our children to church for the Sunday school to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear as the phrase is. Because oftentimes that which is taught in the church and in the Sunday school is torn to bits in the home. The influence of the home is still far superior to any organization, whether it is school or church or what it might be. The family has an important role in the rearing of any child. And if he is going to have a foundation to stand upon, it's going to be presented to him by the family. It's important that the family comes together to church so that together there is a foundation for the child to build upon. The church is and the family are important ingredients of any person's upbringing. We must support them, whatever the cost might be. We must be sure because everyone is going to cast their eyes toward Sodom and Gomorrah at some time in their life. And whether or not they go all the way and consummate that experience in that city may be dependent upon how firm the foundation is that has been laid for their life. And many a person has finally said no to some of those experiences because they immediately called to their mind and to their heart that this was not the way I was brought up. 
the upbringing is of utmost importance. But Lot took his family and cast his eyes toward Sodom and Gomorrah. And finally, he consummated the thoughts of his mind, and he said to himself, well, now there is nothing wrong in going down there to live. It's all on what you make of it. There's nothing wrong in going down there to live. Whenever a person starts saying in his mind, well, now there's really nothing wrong with it, you better stop and think, because there must be, or you wouldn't have to say that. You better stop and question. What is wrong if you have to say to yourself, there's nothing wrong? I heard a story one time of a fellow who was going up into northern Canada to work in the lumber mills. He's going to be a lumberjack. And his pastor called him aside on the Sunday before he left, and he said, now, there's one thing I want to caution you about. I want to remind you, you're a Christian. Remember that when you go up there. You're a Christian. And some weeks later, the young man came back, and the pastor asked him how he got along, and he said, I got along just fine. There wasn't a soul found out I was a Christian. When we go into Sodom and Gomorrah, we need to be sure that people find out what we are and what we stand for and what our background is. <coughs> What do we believe and what do we portray our belief to be about the Bible and about prayer? And somebody's going to come along and say, well, now all that stuff's old-fashioned. We just don't do that anymore. Nobody practices that. Nobody goes to church. Nobody prays. Nobody believes a religious life. What we're trying to do is justify our choices. And this is exactly what Lot did. He tried to justify his decision to move into Sodom and Gomorrah. The third point is separation. We have said now that he contemplated his decision. Then we said that we consummated his decision by making up his mind to move into the town. And thirdly, he, he separated himself from his uncle. But he didn't only separate himself from his uncle. He separated himself from God. This was his choice. He separated himself from the worship that he had grown up with, from the sacrifices he had made, from Abraham's influence. He put a distance between himself and all that he had known in the past. The old beliefs that he had grown up with and the old standards of living that he had were no longer followed. The faith of our fathers no longer was his standard. He was now dancing to the tune of a different drummer. And all of that of the past had gone by the wayside. It may very well be that you were one of those people at one time like Lot, or you know someone like Lot, who decided that the church was of no value and Christian worship had no importance, and you were going to go some other way, and you let the gulf widen. You found that there was no value in faith of our fathers, and you went a different way. You separated yourself from all of that which you had grown up to believe. And that's the third signpost along the way, is that people will separate themselves from what they have known to be right. Every church has a large membership role, 
much larger than its attendance rolls. I suspect this is true. Matter of fact, I know it is. I have seen the membership roll you reported over 500 people. I mean, that's about a, about a fifth is about all that we see. I'm not talking about your church. I'm talking about the church in general. For in the covenant that we have adhered to as members of the church, we have said that when we will separate ourselves from this place and move to a city or to another location, that we will there find ourselves a church to join to. But you know one of the things I have discovered? Oftentimes people move from their home church to another town and they don't find a church there. They get lost in the shuffle. I pastored a church one time when half the people who attended the church did not belong to it. They belonged to a church somewhere else. And they kept saying, well now, I just don't want to separate myself from my home church. You know, that's my family's church and on and on they would go. And I had one person said, I just couldn't possibly become a member of your church because my father would have a fit if I did that because he wants me to stay right where I am in membership. And they lived 100 miles away from that church. We have got to separate ourselves at times from our home association and become a part of the fellowship of another group. Did Lot find the church in Sodom to join? Did he there become an influential member of the Christian community? No, he did not. He became associated with worldly interests. He became a fine man of the community. His wife became member of the Garden Club and all the other uh, things in that community, and his children went to the finest schools and all of those things. But they did not seek out a body of Christian people and join themselves to that body in order that they might continue their worship and fellowship of God. So there was a separation from God, and fourthly, there was a confirmation of this separation. He looked, he chose, and he joined himself to the people of that community, and he dwelt in their midst. The point is the city absorbed him. The city absorbed him. He, grow, he raised a family that didn't know God. He brought up boys and girls that were so saturated with the affairs of the world that he could not get them to listen to him when it came important time to leave that city and, and flee it because God was going to destroy it. He was not an influence for Christ in that community. Contrast Paul, if you will, when he went into a strange city, he was there as an ambassador for Christ. What would Paul have done in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? He would have gone down to the street corners and he would have preached. He would have found somebody that would listen to him and there would have been a convert somewhere and those two people would have joined together and they would have worked until they converted somebody else. What would John Wesley have done? What would Charles Spurgeon have done in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? There would have been a church established. But not Lot. He was swallowed up by the city. And then fifthly, there was the dissolution. You remember that God sent his angels to that city 
to destroy them because of their wickedness. They went in and found Lot and his family and said to Lot, now we're going to destroy this city. You're going to have to get your family out of here. He had some married daughters, at least two, two married daughters, two single daughters, and some sons. We don't know how many. At least two because it was plural. Lot went to his children and said, we have got to get out of town because God has got to destroy this city. And they laughed at him. They laughed at him. The influence of Lot over his children had gone. They were so involved in what was happening in the community. They saw no value in the church. They could not believe the Bible had any meaning. They could not accept God's word. And they laughed in his face. And he left that city with just his wife and his two unmarried daughters. That's all. The rest of his family were left behind to be destroyed. Many a man has lost his family by not being the spiritual leader and seeing to it that they grow up in the church. And then the day comes when he sees things more clearly than he had before. He begins to recognize some spiritual truths and he can't get them to listen. His wife had lost her faith to the point that she couldn't keep from looking back at the destruction of the city and was turned into the pillar of salt. His two single daughters were so distraught by being taken out of the community. They had no faith in God and they said we're going to die out here as old maids without a family nobody to marry us and they got their father drunk and had children by their father and they became two of the most wicked nations this world has ever known and were a thorn in the flesh of the devout Jew throughout their history. The family is destroyed because the father and the mother sometimes decide to walk down that road that leads away from God. The prodigal son was such a person he said to his father, I want my inheritance and I want to leave home and I want my inheritance now. And his father gave it to him and he walked down that road away from his father. There's just one difference in this man and Lot. This man finally saw his problem, that he had left God, that he had left the church, that he had left Christian fellowship, that he had left the worship of the divine eternal father. And he said to himself, I will arise and I will go back to my father and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned. But I'm saying to you this morning that if you have been walking down that road that leads away from God, you have followed these steps that Lot has followed. But maybe you have come to the point of the prodigal son and you have seen yourself and said, now look, Maybe I have walked down that road and I've separated myself from God and from the church. I've dissolved all of my association with the church, but I want to renew it. You're going to have to do the same thing that the prodigal did, and you're going to have to turn around and go back to where you started from. Charles Morrison, who was editor of Christian Century magazine, saw a title of a sermon that said this, this was the title, Where Progress is Backward. 
where progress is backward. And he asked one of the members of that church, he said, did you attend church this morning? And the young man said, yes, I did. And he said, well, what did the preacher mean when he said, when progress is backwards? And the young man said, he said it meant when you turn around and go home. When you turn around and go home, progress is backward. I am suggesting this morning that we need to turn around and go home. That we need to be sure that we are a part of the fellowship of this church. That we are a part of the worship of eternal God, our Father, and His Son, Jesus Christ. If you've wandered away, as the hymn said, I've wandered far away from home and now uh, from God and now I'm coming home. The path of sin too long I've tried. Lord, I'm coming home. You ought to do it this morning. My overall theme is that there is no excuse for anybody being like Lot and walking down that road that leads away from God because there are signposts all along the way. And we've talked about five of them this morning. If you have seen yourself contemplating that road, if you have made the decision, you have consummated in your mind, you're going to walk it. If you separated yourself from the church and from all that is Christ-like, if you have conformed your life to living in the world, if you've dissolved your association with the church, you ought to come back. Lot only escaped by the mercy of God. His family was destroyed. Destroyed by the action of Lot. Have you wandered away from God? Or maybe you've never even walked with the Lord. What is your walk this morning? Are you walking with the Lord? If not, will you not give your heart and life to Him this morning? If you have broken that fellowship and you want to renew it, would you do that this morning? Shall we pray? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description. Thank you for listening, and remember to try Trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.